Do we not have Sarah? We do. Sarah's the APA. I knew that. Along with Andy, Chad, and Tegan. Tegan, yeah. Got it. And Roberta. And Roberta. Oh, and Roberta. Yep. So we have We're all ready to go. You ready to go? Okay. Uh, I'd like to call to order the September 19th uh, meeting of the Route County Planning Commission. Can you call the roll? I, I will. Will you please? Yeah. Thank you very much. <laughs> Troy Brookshire? Here. Steve Warnke? Here. John Merrill? Here. Brian Kelly? Here. Bill Norris? Here. Andrew Benjamin? <coughs> Peter Flint? Here. Greg Yeager? Roberta Marshall? Jeff Pettis. Present. Uh, we have a quorum. A little bit of housekeeping for our three gentlemen. <coughs> Cell phone's off. He should have signed in, I think. Oh. Um, You're going to I, sign I in. I know two of the three, sir. What's your last, what's your name? <coughs> okay, thanks. You are signed in now. Good. Um, and the only other issue would be <coughs> these proceedings are available to the public to listen in on by telephone. And the only way that really works is if we all use the microphone. So I'm going to ask you to use that lectern when we're that far. Um, public comment at this point in the evening. Anyone who wishes to address the commission on anything that isn't on the agenda, now would be the time to do so. Seeing none, we'll move on to the approval of the minutes from August 15th. Any questions, <coughs> comments, additions, subtractions, clarifications? There are none. Chair will entertain a motion. Move to approve. Thank you, Bill. Thank you, Brian. All those in favor, signify by saying yes. 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 Opposed, say no. Minutes are approved. Item for consideration, Hayden Gravel. Chair? Sure. I need to recuse myself. Okay. <laughs> have a seat across the hall. <laughs> You can have dinner too while you're at it, I suppose, Brian. Okay. Hayden Gravel. Gentlemen, you want to start with us? Whomever? Go. Do y'all do y'all have anything to say? Y'all just want me to go for it. Alright, okay. I think that's fine. <laughs> so this is an amendment to Old Castle's special use permit for the Hayden Gravel Pit. Uh, they are proposing to add a shop, a vehicle maintenance shed, and to extend the life of the permit for 10 years from, I mean, until August 2029 to allow for mining of the gravel and to complete reclamation. Uh, up on the screen is a site plan of the map. It's kind of hard to see, but uh, to the north, north is up. So this area to the west is the original uh, Camaletti Hayden gravel pit that has 
uh, been reclaimed. And then this green area is the expansion area that was approved in 2013. And then this area to the east is the county-operated funk gravel pit. And so to the north is US Highway 40, and then the access comes off of 40, crosses this drainage, and this is the, the processing area. Uh, they do have an asphalt plant there that they make asphalt for the local market. And so they're proposing to add a uh, office building, which is the one to the north. So, right. Yeah. So this graph to the north, and then a vehicle maintenance shed uh, right below that. Uh, currently, when vehicles are needed to be maintained, if it's not basic maintenance, they have to be trucked to Old Castle's facility in Grand Junction. And so what they're hoping to do is take an existing a building that exists at one of their other facilities and bring it here so that maintenance can be done on site and doesn't have to, the uh, vehicle doesn't have to be shipped to Grand Junction for that maintenance. Uh, the office building is going to be used to house pit personnel, estimators, uh, and other employees of Old Castle. And then the, the current permit expires in 2023. And or twenty twenty four, I can't remember. But the the expansion was done in two thousand three. I don't can't remember exactly when the permit was issued. So uh, the zoning regulations allow for gravel pits to have a permit period of ten years, which allows the county to review it at the end of that ten year period. And based on the amount of reserves that are available in the ground and the amount of concrete and asphalt that gets uh, brought to the pit and recycled, they've estimated it's got an eight-year lifespan left, and then they would need two years to do all of the final reclamation. I get everything? Yeah? All right. Um, Alan, I just noticed, I was reading it, in 2018, a temporary second asphalt plant, was that done approved administratively, I'm guessing? It, it was, yeah. because it didn't, they still remained under their production numbers and vehicle trip numbers, so that was able to be done administratively. And that yeah, I didn't have a problem, I was just curious to know that. Yeah. Any questions for staff? John. <clears throat> Two things. The the new septic system they proposed, did you outline what is in mind for that? Uh, a system that is in compliance with the county's So like site. a vault in the septic field or what? I, it would be a, a, a septic tank and then, yeah, septic a leach field. 
And then secondly, it's referred to several times, <clears throat> but I didn't see any, and, and it's also a specific condition, I didn't see anything about the DRMS approval letter. Uh, would would y'all like to address that? Uh, Pete Sigmund with uh, United Companies. Um, yeah, the, the DRMS did uh, take a look at this, and we uh, we got several of their concerns. But I think it was part of the. Uh, I think there's a condition in this approval. Number twenty. Yeah, that says that with you know we would have to get that those issues resolved with the DRMS prior to us being able to put in the office in the shop, <coughs> and the. Their concerns are, are they're, they're concerned about the the drainage that is between the funk pit and the Hayden expansion. They're concerned about that land in between the two, which a permit doesn't cover. And we just have to work out the details with them that that will never be mined by either the county or by us for in that area. So it doesn't need to be covered under a permit. But so the answer is you have not gotten the DRMS approval yet. We have not. Well, we have for the site, but they didn't. This their concerns were a result of an inspection that they did. But we do have a DRMS permit for the site. Well, it has to be amended in as part of this amendment. As stated on page three of your petition, that is correct, and that would be. It's. I mean, it's. It's kind of like the chicken or the egg type of thing. What comes first, and you know, you know we have to go through both of those both process, the, the county process and the count and the DRMS process, and so we chose to go through and get the county process first before we address the DRMS permit. Can this condition six of these satisfy you, John? Not really. How so? Well, I, I mean, I think they should have gone in the other direction because we have it as a specific condition of approval. <clears throat> and uh, rather than doing us first and then getting their <clears throat> DRMS approval, I think they should have come to us with the DRMS approval already obtained. Why? This strikes me that's the appropriate order. <clears throat> that's why we have it as a condition of approval that we have to have. Speaking from experience? No, I mean. No, me. Okay. And so much for the wording of our special specific condition 20 prior to the issuance <laughs> of the amended SUP. The permittee shall submit evidence of approval from DRMS. I just guess I'll interject only because I have firsthand experience, admittedly not here, but in the exact same applications in the mining industry. You, know, you get the local stuff first, then you go. All right. But any other questions? Try. Did you guys put in that Excel decel link? Uh, yeah, that was that was installed as a condition of the expansion, and 
and uh, Connell did that actually. So, when you come off of Highway 40, whose land are you on? We're on. Uh, it's called CWH Enterprises. It's the same same land that the county has. Is on. So, who's CWH? Uh, I think the. I think it's Connell. It is. It's owned by Connell, by the Connell family. Okay. So the, the county is operating. This is more for staff. But the county is operating on on Connell property. Yes. Basically, yeah. And Connell is granted both entities here. Uh, access across mm-hmm. their lands. Mm-hmm. There's leases with both entities. Is, is there any cross use between the county and and the mine, Aiden? Not to I, my knowledge. I don't. I don't yeah. think so. Uh, when the county yeah. needs to crush, they bring the county crusher <laughs> to. The funk pit and crush and stockpile, and then when they're done with it, they remove it from the site. And I'm, I believe that Old Castle's operations are completely independent from the county's operations. Just to add to that a little bit about the co- cooperation between the county and United. Um, we, we do share the access road. I mean, and then we split yeah. off. We go to our side, and, they, and the county goes to theirs. And then <clears throat> we uh, actually scale all the loads that come out of the county pit for the county. And in exchange for that, when the county does their May, May chloride program, they may chloride the uh, haul road in there. So, so that's kind of a trade-off that we uh, made with the uh, road and bridge department. Thank you. Okay. Good. <coughs> Any other questions? I'll open up comments from the public. Hearing none, we'll close that portion. Um, Alan, I didn't see any discussion points. Did I miss that? Uh, you are correct. You didn't see any okay. discussion points. Anybody have any issues with this application or petition? So the need for a roundtable is probably somewhat totally unnecessary. Okay. Having said that. <laughs> <coughs> In the matter of Hayden Gravel, Amendment to Special Use Permit, PL-19-153, Chair will entertain a motion. Mr. Chair, I move to approve activity PL-19-153, Hayden Gravel Pit Special Use Permit, with findings of fact number one, general condition one through 15 as written, <coughs> specific condition 16 with the proposed amendment to August 1, 2029, uh, 
specific conditions 17A through E as written, 17F as edited, 17G and H as written, 18A through E specifically accepting subcondition F, condition 19 as written, 20 as amended, 21, 22 as written, 23 as eliminated. Reporting requirements, specific condition 24 through 26 is written, eliminating condition 27. Uh, condition 28 under reporting is written. Reclamation condition number 29 is written. Access and traffic number 30 through 32 as written. Air and water quality 30 through 34 is written. Condition number 35 is added. Noise conditions 36 and 37 as written. And under miscellaneous conditions, 38 through 41 as written. Might there be a second? Second. Thank you, Troy. Any discussion on the motion? Hearing none, all those in favor signify by saying yes. 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 Opposed, say no. Chair votes yes. The motion is carried. Petition is approved. Thank you. So, Chrissy, we just can't wait. Somebody's going to get Brian. Oh. <laughs> no. So, Alan, my sense is we're going to get an education in law. <laughs> and I will do my best to try to explain this. Uh, so... This is going to be an initial discussion on development fees, which are also known as exactions. And they can include land dedications or they can include monetary fees. And so I'm gonna go through the limits that are placed on the collection of fees, different types of uh, services that fees can be collected for, uh, the background studies, developer rights, and administration of those fees. And to start, I'm gonna give an overview of three kind of landmark Supreme Court of the United States cases that apply to development fees. And the first one deals with an essential nexus. And this one involves a landowner named Nolan versus the California Coastal Commission. And the commission put a condition of approval on Nolan's building permit to replace a uh, bungalow on the beach uh, that required the granting of a public easement that was intended to promote the state interest in diminishing the blockage of the view of the ocean. Uh, 
the Supreme Court stated that there has to be an essential nexus between the state interest and the condition of approval. And the requirement for granting a public easement amounted to a takings because the easement requirement did not have enough of a connection to prevent the blockage of the ocean view. And so that condition of approval was overturned and Nolan was able to get his building permit. The, the next topic is rough proportionality. And this was decided in a case, Dolan versus the city of Tigard, Tigard. And the city, as part of a land use review, required that a public greenway and bike path be, be dedicated to the city. And the city claimed that it was to mitigate flooding and traffic concerns. And, but the Supreme Court said that it was an uncompensated taking of property because Dolan didn't have the ability to exclude the public from her property. The Supreme Court said that the essential nexus test had been satisfied, but the requirement to dedicate this land was not roughly proportional to the impacts that would be created by, by this land use. And they also stated that the city must make an individualized determination, excuse me, that the requirement is related in nature and extent to the development's impact. And so then that takes us to the applicability section. And this case was Coons versus the St. John's River Water Management District. And the landowner had applied to develop 3.7 acres of wetlands on their property. And then, and then they offered to put a conservation easement on 11 acres of adjacent wetland. Um, the water, the district did not accept that offer and said that the landowner either needed to reduce the development to one acre or pay for improvements to land that was several miles away. And the landowner did not agree to that, so the permit was denied. Uh, so the Supreme Court stated that uh, Nolan and Dolan apply even if the permit is denied, and that the local government has a burden to show that the exaction was adopted pursuant to a duly adopted law or regulation advances a legitimate, legitimate government interest and is roughly proportional to the impacts. And so those are the, the three cases that kind of lay the foundation for how the state of Colorado wrote their laws that relate to development fees and exactions. And so the Local Government Land Use Enabling Act of 1974 is the statute that grants the local government the ability to plan for and regulate the use of land. And impact fees are a key component of this statute because it helps in planning for growth and to provide services to the public that would be impacted by that growth. <coughs> and it requires that impacts, impact fees be legislatively adopted, generally applicable to a broad class of property, and intended to defray impacts on capital facilities caused by the proposed development. 
it requires that the impact fee be quantified, which typically requires a study to ensure that rough proportionality, that the impact fee is not greater than, or is not being used to offset, or that it's being used to offset the impacts that are created by the development. Um, it prohibits the collection of fees to fix problems that were in existence prior to the proposed development. So if a road was already undersized and not able to handle the traffic that existed on it, the local government cannot collect a fee to help remedy to help remedy that that would that's already there before the development would be put in place. Um, it also requires conferral with emergency services providers and the developer to assess whether there should be an impact fee. It prohibits double dipping. I defines what a capital facility is because that is the term that is used. That is the term that is. Those are the facilities that can be used to support these impact fees. It requires special accounting practices, and it also establishes specific rights of actions for the developers that are that the challenge an impact fee. And that subsection of the act that lays out those rights is known as RIPRA, or the Regulatory Impairment of Property Rights. And it protects private property rights by making sure that there is an essential, essential nexus between exaction and impacts created, and that the exaction is roughly proportional to the impact. And then it also lays out the rights of the landowner and the respons responsibility of the government. There's also a, another state statute that enables the local governments to collect impact fees. And this, <coughs> in this statute, CRS 3028-133 states that the county subdivision regulation shall include, as a minimum, provisions governing sites and land areas for schools and parks when such are reasonably necessary to serve the proposed subdivision and the future residents thereof. And it also allows, it allows the county to require lands or fees in lieu of providing that land. And the site or the fees must benefit owners and future owners of the development. And then it also lays out administration requirements for those lands and fees. And so the administration requirements are that those fees must be placed in an interest-bearing account. The account has to clearly identify what the fee was collected for. And if there are fees that are collected for different capital facilities, they have to be accounted for in, in separate accounts. And the fees must be used in the areas that the impacts were created. And so, Recently, uh, the Board of County Commissioners has distributed some of the funds that the county has collected for parks and schools, and those were separated by area, and those were awarded to the 
already one, two, and three school districts based on the amount of fees that were collected within those district boundaries. And then we wanted to provide examples of what other jurisdictions are collecting fees for. And uh, there's a list right here. So uh, an impact fee for change of use, fire and emergency service impacts fees, road impact fees, wildfire mitigation, exterior energy use, affordable housing, schools, libraries, parks and recreation, and human services. And just as a little bit of a background, in the early 2000s, the county did conduct some preliminary studies to determine whether it would be feasible to place one of these fees on building permits and stagecoach to help upgrade the roads and stagecoach. And they did some preliminary studies and determined that it wasn't feasible. The amount that would be collected through that fee would, the, the, first the administration costs would barely cover that fee and then they also didn't want to add another hurdle to, to the <coughs> stagecoach. So that initial study was done and the county determined that it wasn't going to be a feasible fee, so it uh, kind of ended right there. So, uh, so what we're looking for is just some feedback on whether the county should start collecting fees um, on the development of new subdivisions and single-family homes, which would increase the cost of development in the county. And then want to know, is the county interested in collecting any, any type of development fee to offset the impacts from development? And if so, which services those would be? Uh, I don't know if number three is really applicable to planning commission, but we would still like feedback on it, and that's whether the county is willing to fund these studies to help determine if an impact fee would be feasible. And then the last one, should the developer be responsible for conducting the study to determine what the impact of the proposed development would be? So are you in a position, and would it be valuable to just go through the list of the current fees? I mean, right now, there's a, what, 10% open space requirement? Well, that, that's an open space requirement. The, the only, so some examples of fees that the county has are the land dedication requirement for parks and schools. Uh, there are some gravel pits that have a per ton fee that they have to pay the county for road and bridge maintenance. Um, but other than that, I think that's, those are all the fees that are exact and exactions that the, the county has on the books right now. Well, there, there, there's the um, subdivision fee that is incorporated with that as well. Well, that, are you talking about the, for the parks and schools? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, so there's more than that. But um, first of all, uh, nice job on the, the 
legal analysis. You did a pretty, pretty decent job there. In, in, this, in the report? Yeah. I've got to say that that was not mine. Eric Knauss, <laughs> the county attorney, wrote most of that and then gave me permission to use it. Well, that agrees with number two. Um, are we looking at this as a result of that conversation that was <clears throat> stalled during the joint meeting where yes. Commissioner Monger That's correct. directed? Okay. So for, I guess, Brian's benefit, uh, there was some discussion as to whether or not we needed to take another look at these fees, and Commissioner Monger instructed the county attorney to take a look at it and report back. My question is, do we have the county attorney's report? Well, what, what is contained in this staff report is what was provided to the Board of County Commissioners. But <clears throat> this is just a, a legal analysis as to um, the ability of the county to exact fees, not, not whether some of ours were uh, overstepping their bounds, contained a rational nexus. I mean, uh, <clears throat> this is the, in my opinion, the beginning to uh, a report or recommendation, but I feel personally a little bit at a loss because I feel we should be guided by the recommendations of the county attorney as to what we should be doing within the bounds of the law rather than saying, uh, yes, we need more fees or not, here, here, here. Well, I think one of the main reasons that Commissioner Monger wanted to not have that conversation is because at that point we were focusing on parks and schools. And he wanted a, an opinion on what other types of services that we could collect fees for. And so there really wasn't, the county attorney really didn't make the determination on what those were, but it was more what the restrictions on collecting those fees were and what would be required of the county to, in order to enact those fees. And I think the, the big takeaway was is the county needs to fund studies to determine, first determine what kind of services they would be interested in collecting fees for, and then funding the studies that would help uh, determine a rough, what would be roughly proportional to the impacts that were created by the development. I think we have a good start, but I think that's putting the cart before the horse a little bit. Uh, I think <clears throat> We need to clearly identify what the current statutes say, zoning, whatever, the regulatory things related to fees, number one. And then number two, identify opportunities where other ones uh, could, could exist. And then followed by number three, an opinion from the county attorney as to why or why not they should or shouldn't from a legal perspective, not, not whether they would be economically feasible. I feel like this is somewhat similar to uh, the water body setback discussion where <clears throat> a lot of, um, uh, we, we were given a lot of leeway to determine the uh, appropriate uh, distance for water body setbacks, so on and so forth. While we're very dedicated volunteers, we're not experts. Right, and, and I think that we should be providing some guidance from experts from this before making these uh, 
conclusions that are suggested at the bottom. That's my two cents. Well, I look at it almost reverse because it sounds like you're wanting a lot of time, effort, and energy by other county staff to be put forth into outlining all those topics you addressed. But why would they want to do that if they have no idea what you're interested in doing? Well, That's where I think we're at. I think where we're at is Alan kind of started off by saying, what do you have an appetite to do? And give us the examples of the other counties of what they do. And so my head is saying, as a collective planning commission, what is it that you feel you want to explore? And then, if you take to that step first, then you can go back to the county attorneys and legalese and all that stuff. But why, why have them spin their wheels on giving you information you this planning commission may not even be That's that's fair. If we don't want to do it, but. I, I don't know what the problem is, right? Uh, other than I know that Commissioner Monger uh, felt that this needed to be looked at for, for whatever reason. Um, I, I don't know if we're trying to search for a solution to a problem that doesn't exist. If there's a problem that I'm unaware of, I recognize that other counties are doing different things, but we don't even know where those opportunities are. Right, I mean, if it makes sense or we're trying to solve a problem, then I think it's worth looking into. But there's so many questions that I have. Why are we looking at it? <clears throat> what needs to be changed um, from the way that it's currently written? What could be added to that? Should you add to that? I mean, which is what we're here for. Well, well, but which, which. Uh, <clears throat> I, mean, I think that's what you want to know, isn't it? Yeah, so I guess just looking at this li these list of services that other counties collect for, uh, just using that as a starting point, do you, does Planning Commission feel that any of these areas that other counties collect for are a problem in this county that, or could you, not necessarily a problem, or could use additional funding through development fees? Or are there any other services that you think would be appropriate to collect fees for? I think part of the struggle, I suppose, is gonna be a lot of these fees are generated as a result of what I would call significant developments, which theoretically we don't have. So to that extent, I don't know. I mean, I think that's, to a limited extent, that's where Jeff is coming from. However, having said that, I could see an area that I think would bear some looking into, and that would be the fire and emergency services impact fee, and I'm thinking more along the lines of individual homes that are being built and the local fire departments are getting nothing that I'm aware of. Well, they'll get additional tax, real estate tax dollars, but 
the way that system works in this state, that's a pittance because it's the Gallagher thing. So that new house is assessed at seven percent. Sorry, seven point one five percent. And so, as far as emergency services go, that's where the county would have to have a discussion with those individual districts, districts right. to, ter to determine if right. there was a need. If it was identified that there is a need, then you have to conduct some kind of study to determine first what that need is, and then what individual residences impact on that need is, right. and then try to figure out a dollar amount that is proportional to that impact that could then be charged, say, at the building permit stage of the... So it wouldn't be a fee collected through a planning process, but a fee collected at the building permit stage, because the... Uh, I think in Boulder County, they're the one that had, besides Eagle, they had a list of like five or six different services that those fees were collected for. And I think every single one of them was a fee that was charged at the building. At the building permit level, yeah. yeah. I mean, I think to the same, to an same extent, again, I think get the subdivision concept out of your heads, but what happens, I think, in this county also is that individual homes are being built and the county's not getting any additional revenues for road maintenance. Now, admittedly, it's one house here and one house there, but I think over a period of time, it adds up. Cumulative impacts. How would, how would it be different, though, <clears throat> from the conclusion in 2000, 2003, that the fee would be, in light of the administrative fees, nominal you know, for, for road maintenance? I mean, the, the stagecoach example that Alan gave, the decision was made, the, the what is it, the juice ain't worth, worth the squeeze? But I, but I thought when I heard Alan's description, that was for roads within the subdivision, and don't they maintain their own or not? Stagecoach does. Uh, it's... It, it varies. There's there was a lawsuit that uh, resulted in the the court saying, "County, you will maintain these subdivision roads. You will build these subdivision roads, and these subdivision roads you're not responsible for." That's oh. a point. I mean, I, I can see how that happens. If you build five houses a year, how do you gauge that impact? Well, and, and put it in a but over interest bearing. Account to be tapped into yeah. at what, what point in time? But then it also has to; those fees have to be used in a period of time that the the residences of that development see the benefit of the fee that was paid. Uh, there was one court case, I think it was in Colorado, where they the city collected a fee and never did anything with it. And the, they eventually had to refund that money back to the developer because they were charged a fee that they didn't see any benefit from. You can basically do it on a traffic count because everyone is going to come down to a certain point on a road and you you just yeah. note the, and then the road needs improvement at some point because yeah. it wasn't built width-wise and durability-wise, you know, the other layman on the road isn't there to support yeah. all those cars. And, so, and you've got to count how many people per house. 
Um, I do agree with your assessment about the subdivisions. I've been on here seven months. I can remember that long ago when Commissioner Munger made that comment. That was my second meeting. But uh, I haven't dealt with a major subdivision on the time I've been on here. Tiny homes is the only thing, thing involved. Yep. Um, and are you going to hit them? Are you going to hit an affordable housing situation with a thing? On the other hand, everybody that pulls a building permit. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. But everybody that, that pulls a building permit is going to load the road. <clears throat> Right. Yeah. Well, you talked about Milner now. Mm -hmm. And I think it's fair for us to consider, because the county has ongoing expenses between Milner and Fitchburg with their water and sewer. And so if you wanted to isolate it to those two communities, I think obviously there's some impact fees that the county could utilize for those water and sewer services, which may become really important in Milner. It, so, it, and Milner is county, not it's not a special district? Mm -hmm. no, no, it's county. So it's Pittsburgh. But stagecoach and Steamboat Lake or not. They're no, they're special districts, yeah. yeah. But I think, going back, I mean, keep coming back to Munger's comment, I think it had to do, at least I shared the frustration that the, what was on the books with the county could only be spent for open space and schools. Well, it seemed like there were a whole lot more uses that the county could have could have utilized whatever funds, whether it's five dollars or five million. I mean, they could probably um, provide better services if there was some type of fee collected. So right now, I mean, I'm not suggesting any specific, but I should sure think it's a topic that deserves some consideration and and thought. Well, but based on what you just described, is it really collecting new fees, or is it redefining the fees that are being collected for purposes? Well, it sounds like you are, there's a pigeonhole right now. Right now we have parks and schools. That we can collect through the through the planning process. See, and, and frankly, in my view, that ought to be eliminated. I mean, I don't foresee the county needing money for parks and schools. But if I eliminated parks and schools, I sure as would like to include roads and you know whatever else was on a list. We could we could make a nexus. As to what impacts the school, whether it's emergency services or fire or sheriff or whatever. Have we collected for parks and schools in the last five years? Uh, yeah, the Fox Grove up on Huckleberry and okay. Fish Creek Falls. That's it? Uh, in the last five years? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. The last one before that was... Well, you don't have any option. I know that. I just want to hear it from them. <laughs> yeah. But but how how much money was involved? Do you, do you have an idea? In that one, yeah, it was four forty seven hundred dollars a lot times five, so twenty twenty two thousand dollars or twenty three thousand dollars. Yeah, it sounds roughly sounds about right. Yeah, and then in all of the stagecoach and steamboat lake consolidations, we collected fees based on parks and schools for that as well. Which is probably kind of dumb. Huh? Which is probably kind of dumb. 
Well, it would, the reasoning <laughs> behind that is because you're taking unbuildable lots and making them buildable. So originally there was no impact to county services and then by consolidating them and making them buildable, you would create an impact to county services. My dumb so, part was the parks and schools. Okay. Not the, not the amount, but yeah, just the where, where is it going to be? It's back in Detroit. I mean, so all of the, that money did get distributed to the school districts. I think it was like 7000 to South Route, no, excuse me, 7000 to West Route, about 20000 to South Route. You know, something substantial like 160000 to Steamboat, which includes North Route as well. Okay. So over time, it has added up to a significant amount of money. But Troy, going back to your comment about eliminating parks and schools, that enabling act, the Land Use Enabling Act 1974, or no, excuse me, it was the, the other one that it doesn't have a name, which is CRS 3028-133 says that the county subdivision regulations have to include that. So I think that's where we'll get to Jeff's point where we'll take this feedback back to the county attorney and say, hey, where do we have any flexibility for not, not collecting for that type of impact? Well, in in thinking about this topic a little bit, I was kind of thinking about Brian's comment too and the costs associated with building, et cetera, and all that. Um, see, where I'm coming from is I would much rather eliminate that fee as it exists, but institute a, a new fee for roads or sheriff or emergency services or infrastructure in Milner and Phippsburg, roads in Milner and Phippsburg. You know, so I don't know if those need to be tied specifically to the boundaries of those communities. So if, if somebody wants to build a new house in Phippsburg, at the time of building permit, they get whacked in with the, not only the water and sewer tap fees, but they get whacked in with the Pittsburgh fee. Mm -hmm. So I am conscious or I'm aware of piling on these fees. Um, but I could make the same argument for the Steamboat and North Route. I mean, Jesus Christ. They got $160,000 from the county. Didn't show up anywhere in their income. So. They technically haven't received it yet, yeah. so maybe that's why. <laughs> I was going to say, it's all news to me. Well, I mean, Jesus. They, everybody does fundraisers for the schools. And You're right. And they've got been, three new things on the next election. Yeah. And, and, and plus, that one initiative on the ballot is a, a 
not for the construction, but the ongoing <coughs> pay. The operational building. Operational. So, why in the world do we need to give them 160 grand out of county fees? Seems like to me they're doing just fine. Anyway, my opinion, but I don't need to editorialize. But my point is simply that's an entity that has a whole lot of revenue sources. Milner Water and Water District doesn't have a lot of resources. But we all get to pay for it. Every one of us pays for Milner. And that's where my head is. And I personally think Troy's right. Um, I think in terms of collecting fees for schools and parks in the county is probably misdirected. I do think in the county, and I'll say it again, we're not getting a reasonable amount of revenue from new construction for fire or roads, period. And again, it gets back to part of the problem is the unfair man, the unfair manner in which thousands are being assessed. All right. So this comes back to, to my question. I'm not, I'm not opposed to the idea. The question one is, can we do that given the statutory language? That's an attorney. That's our to-do list. When we walk out of here, it's not our to-do list. It's the county staff attorneys. will have the to-do list. Yeah, it's their okay. It's not yeah. my to-do. They'll bring it back to you, Jeff. That's what I'm talking about. You'll get it. Number two. Um, what was it? Number one was, can we do it? And then number two on the staff's to-do list are the opportunities of where that can be uh, included. And number three is, does it add up? Right, going back to the stagecoach example of the roads. Hmm. Um, I think it will be hard to answer number three without committing some funds to doing a study to, to determine that. So I think that's where um, We'll express your comments to the board, and they've got the power of the purse strings, and they'll make the determination of whether they want to spend the money to, to do that study. Do you think you could do some back of the napkin stuff, like without getting to dollars and cents, but like give or take? Uh, yeah, we'll look into it. We'll look into it for sure. Do you have something, Brad? I do. So, just to tie stagecoach together to the roads, you know, the county years ago now, eight, ten years ago at least, Acquired all the right of way for realigning County Road 14 out of Stagecoach, you know, through across from Barrow's place and up through the pass there. And they couldn't get a Tiger grant for continuing to load that road. If you have development in Stagecoach, is it fair to assess a fee to specifically improve that road? The right of way's there, the design is there. That road is shovel ready, it really is. Well, I agree with yeah. if if that project would came, it, I don't remember the guy's names, but if Winnemeyer would have sold, that is a project that, that the county needs a lot of money for. 
Right, but in the interim, I think you've got to go to the individual lots. They're building, they're building in stagecoach. Yeah. You know, there's a number of active places down. I'm not disagreeing yeah. with you, Brian. Yeah. I'm just saying that looking ahead, if that ski area ever got built, that road has got to get built. Right, but see, there's a classic example of the ski area now is to pick that tail if you watch. That's how that would go. Say that again. What did you say, Steve? Well, did that with the amount of development from that ski? I said the ski area would pick that up. I would think big time. You mean just as a condition of proof? Yes, absolutely. That's where you get them. I mean, I, I yeah. laughed at your comment, and this is again, it's near and dear to my heart. Your comment about the only the fee that's out here in the county is the gravel mines, and the, I used to. I went. I went through that, and I would laugh. One community called it annexation fees per ton. One county, one community called it, oh, she, well, I don't know, they all had different names for it, but it was legalized extortion. That's really what it was. And the designation, I mean, they took those annexation fees, that's what they use it for anything you want. And I just sat back and I just laughed to myself. But it's back to the ski area, that's what he wants to do, that's what that's will happen. But back up. I don't know what what was meant by an exterior energy fee. Uh, so that's an Eagle County regulation, and that is for exterior sidewalk snowmelt systems and oh. outdoor pools and that. spas. Oh, we should jump on that. Spas? It's pools and spas. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. And I think it was over <laughs> 64 square feet of snowmelt. Then that's when you... Under 64 square feet, you didn't have to pay the fee. Over 64, it kicks you into this calculation to determine what the what the fee was. And then wildfire mitigation fee, what's contemplated with that? Um, I don't remember specifically. Crawford brush clearing. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I just don't know. $200 fee is due for land parcels classified as moderate, high, or extreme wildfire hazard. But you don't know what to do with it. I don't know. Yeah, that's okay. And that, that was, I didn't find all that much information on that particular fee. Sure. It was one collected at building permit. Thank you, guys. Suggestion, yeah. As somebody who's in one of those areas. But there's many, many times for fire access to effectively fight fires. We talk about the public roads, but the county has a lot of publicly dedicated right-of-ways that the road barely got built in Stagecoach and Steamboat Lake, mm -hmm. and they provide pretty decent access to potential fire sites. Mm -hmm. But we, as public, are allowing people to go in there and occupy the road since it's not a traveled road even though it's public right away. And those areas are valuable for fighting wildlife fires. And that's some of what you could use that fee for is to keep those backup access routes open. That mitigates your fire danger. That wouldn't be something you would necessarily cover for the fire district. You know, fire districts, right. no. yeah, they're buying ambulances and they're you know, buying fire trucks. Right. Yeah. 
and yet that stuff's important for fighting fires, access to the fire. It almost seems to me when the day is all been done with, what the county is missing is the impacts that aren't being measured by small growth and local growth, if that makes any sense. It does. And then we're back to the circle again. We don't know how to Calculate. measure those impacts. The demographer had statistics on the growth of the county and how much it was in Steamboat Springs. It's not that part's true. If it's not in Steamboat Springs, it's elsewhere in the county, yeah. right? And that all puts load on the roads and the fire systems and the wildlife fire. And it's all proportional. You can measure it. It's out there. What's the county road that goes up west side of Superintendent? 44 goes diagonally. And then 46 comes off of it and goes around the head. Goes north? Right. Yeah. The, the new places, and I'm guessing there's a half a dozen. Out that road. On the back 46. Side. Yes. And, I mean, this is just an example. You know, 46 hasn't been that great of a county road historically with culverts, whatever. But this incremental growth I think that you're talking about is, you know, how much stomach do we have in, in laying these impact fees off? But, but that's what's happening. I mean, people are going out now on, I don't know if secondary is the right term, but lower um, use roads. Minimal maintenance roads. Minimal maintenance. And building million two houses, and those are some of the reasons I think it's fair, and I think we should look at because they're out there. Saw one today, in the last then, then after they build them, they bitch to the county that the road is not exactly when and plowed <coughs> about eight o'clock. <laughs> so. Yeah, no. I I just look at Steamboat Lakes, I think in the last two years it's probably got 10 houses. <coughs> Five for sure is so, under construction right now. And nobody's tracking that. We see it in the subdivision in terms of road maintenance. Mm -hmm. Incremental growth. So, are we adding and eliminating from the list? Under other services, uh, I mean, I could, would definitely. It seems like that's where you want us to go as a list. That we uh, would, yeah, that we would collectively be interested in exploring. Correct. Okay, so want to start with that list? I was going to work. Yeah, take care of the ones that I don't think we've been interested. In. Parks and Recreation. We can take that off. Okay. Done. Um, exterior energy fee, obviously. Based on the definition, anyway. Um, I don't know what impact fee for change of use is, but I'm just guessing it's, you know, you take it from egg to whatever or whatever. That one came out of Pitkin County, and that was when there was a change of use that increased the impacts, whether it was from one commercial type use to another type use, then they would calculate that to determine a fee for that change of use. 
I'm not sure that really applies too much here. Let me ask a question first. Sure. Um, Alan, I think you told us about another uh, family project going up on Lynx Pass. Rehab Center? Uh, yep. Yeah. Okay. Was that High Meadows? No. What's it called? Uh, three, three, three Strands. Three Strands. strands. Three strands. <laughs> right but it's not the old High Meadows site. I, I don't know. It's right before. Yeah. It's on the same road before <laughs> High Meadows. I looked it up went into it thoroughly. Okay. Well, Five and a half minutes there. Almost eight. I would minutes. say leave it in for now. Mm. Just for those types of uses, mm. all of a sudden you got another guest ranch or you got another, yeah, yeah. what do you call it, substance abuse thing that we have no input on. But could, if that use changed to a rehab center, can you, can you use an impact fee for changing use in that regard? So, yes, but I think that would be more through the, like a land use permit process more so than a general uh, a fee that is generally applicable to all properties in the county um, because like the fees placed on building permits everybody that applies for a building permit is going to have to pay that fee whereas this change of use fee is more along the lines of like currently it's AF, we want to put a guest ranch in and we're going to have X amount of impact to the county road and based on that impact, the county requires a, a per trip fee or in the case of gravel pits, a per ton fee. So that's something that would be a quasi-judicial decision based on that land use application as opposed to a legislatively created fee that applies to everybody. But it could be done. It can be done, yes. We'll leave it in for now. Yeah, I'd say leave it in for now. Do we need schools? I would say not. I would agree. I would agree. Library <laughs> impact fee. That depends on the statute, though. I know, but for the time being, this is us. We have a magic wand? We make yeah. up the laws yeah. here. Yeah. Just pretend you have a magic wand. All right. Library impact fee. I mean, are we paying taxes here in there? Oh, right? So uh, we don't need it. You know, so take that one off. I don't want to talk about human services. Somebody else can talk about that. I don't know what that means. It was defined under one. Pretty close to the rehab center. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Is it? So it's, it's, that came that came out of Boulder County, and it costs for senior centers, children, ooh, youth, and family centers. Oh, senior centers are okay, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Golf yeah. courses. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Little airport centers, won't you, John? <laughs> um, we have one in here. Uh, so, is human services being taken off the list? Or no? I think we'll leave it on for now. Okay. Yeah, huh. I was going to say. I mean, because to me, I kind of have, I shouldn't do this, but I lump affordable housing and human services sort of together. I know it's not, but I'd leave affordable housing on. You would? Okay. I think so. Well, I think it's a, just a... We've already talked about it with the tiny housing. It just seems to me that it's maybe the scenario that we want to go to. It's almost an entire chapter in the master plan. <laughs> zone. New zone. I don't know. It should be left in there. 
I think here. so. Leave it in here. Stay. Okay. All right. So now your list should be impact fees, change of use, stay. Fire and emergency services, stay. Road impact fees, stay. Did we, we didn't really discuss too much. Well, hold on. Affordable housing stays and human services stays. And the only thing that's left that we didn't talk about would be wildfire mitigation fees. I think fair enough from someone that lived in a zone like that there and has lived around the county, different areas impact those services more. I know as Doug was livid last year with the bill the county was getting for that fire up on uh, Wolf Mountain. Mm-hmm. Yep. Maybe it was two years ago, but the bill came in last year. So I don't know the nexus between this and the check county had to write on the Yeah, I don't know if they're the same. I would have thought that comes in the fire and emergency services, but I'm not sure. And that could be. Yeah. Then I'm good with eliminating it. Because we're just, we're just taxing the people. Eliminate it. So now you're down to four. So taking wildfire, mitigating yeah. off. We're taking the position that would fall under fire and emergency services impact fees. Okay. How about law enforcement? Yeah. yeah. Enforcement. And I think it's valid. Well, mm-hmm. either that or is that, is that part of emergency service? Uh, do you want me to just add that? Yeah, yeah just do it. Fire. Fire, okay. fire, law enforcement, emergency service. All is one. Yeah. Yep. Very good luck. That's our spot. Roads and roads. Yeah. And so, I guess a follow-up question: Are these? Are you seeing these more as fees assessed at the time of building permit, or I don't know. just based on the fact that how else would you do it? We don't see a whole lot of large subdivision development. No. Okay. You agree? Well, what do what the other guys do? It can move like. When the road impact fee is tacked on, what is that associated with? When the I, I think fee? that I think that's a building permit. So that that would be the question, right? Like, what are the options? Okay. Does it make sense to at this stage talk about? Um, The size of the subdivision, because frankly, I think I was all in favor of eliminating the fees in stagecoach or single lake when they were merging or whatever. That just seemed like a burden and pain. However, stagecoach gear keeps popping back into my head, and so I don't know if there's a way to. Put that in a different class. In other words, if you are approving arbitrarily 20 or more buildable lots, does that can that shift us into a different uh, impact fee? Or maybe you're just saying it's repetitive because of what? Okay. 
But it does raise another question. Alan or Christy? Probably Christy better. Talk about the ski area at Stagecoach. What would they need to actually open up and start a business? They would have to start with staff and probably um, put together what we call an administrative review team meeting. Um, And we would bring in any agency or internal department that would be have an interest in development of that site. Well, um, can, but they have a permit for the, an existing issue permit for the ski area. Not exactly. They, they have a permit for. There is an active permit for the store piece. So there's a site plan that's approved for the store, but the actual um, ski area, they have an active permit for a limited use ski area. Um, but that doesn't include any type of base area development? No. Or no. So really for what you're talking about, yeah, I mean, that's right. Is, yeah. Yes, they would have to come in for a meeting with us first. Um, and to move forward, they would have to propose a plan and also ask for a change to the future land use map that we approved, because right now it's very general. It is approved on the future land use map for a recreational, um, I can't think of the language that we came up with, but um, it's kind of open-ended for it to be either a ski area or um, mountain bike mecca, golf area, what have you. So they have to come in for an actual plan and come in for a change to the future land use map for to match and mirror um, what that proposal would be approved. I'm just trying to think. You know, I think Troy's comments and concerns are valid, but mm-hmm. the opportunity is present in that specific set of circumstances to start to recoup some of those expenses that we're going to incur. Right. That's but, you don't, but, but I don't think you do unless you already have them in your regs, right? Oh no, I don't think so. You could, during the review, impose. I, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. That, and that's that quasi judicial decision based on that specific application. Mm-hmm. Get back to my standard gravel annexation fees. Yeah, there was nothing in the race for that. I mean, it's still, there still has to be that rational nexus and be roughly proportional to the impacts that were created, which would be supported through a study that was right. done. And By the But it is something that can be done at that, at that time. Well, in our case, they just looked at, you know, okay, you're going to do a million tons a year. That translates into $270. Oh, no, truck trips. Yeah. Oh, you want to send the roads in the... But any redevelopment of that size in nature, there is more than likely going to be a traffic impact study. Oh, absolutely. That is going to make those recommendations as well. But my only question is, is can you impose those fees then at the time of that review? Or do you have to have them already in your resolution? Okay. No, you can you can apply them at the time of your review. Okay. Cool. Legalized extortion. Everybody eats gravel. Legalized extortion. <laughs> um, so we kind of answered. One and two. 
right? Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if we know how to answer three. <laughs> can, can we have four? Well, that's, I think that's more of a BCC issue. I would agree, and since this packet goes to Planning Commission and the board, we went ahead and included it. And I'm not sure on number four, I think if it's a sizable development, the answer is yes. If it's a single family residence, then we're back to the building permit. I mean, otherwise it's impractical, is it not? Sure, because we were comparing a lot of these to a lot of different counties and cities. Right. The proportionality of what we're comparing them to is very unbalanced. So that whole list, I'm glad we brought that down. We just don't have the same amount of people using that, the things that we use. So, yeah. if, like you said, if we have really big development, well, to them? Uh, I mean, the classic would be what's the 700, but it's not 700. I forget. West of Steamboat. West of Steamboat. Oh. My sense is they did all the, I'm sure they did all the traffic studies. They did all the impact studies. I would imagine. So. Under normal development rules, that's kind of how that works anyway. But I think we're back to this, we're looking more at fees on building permits. Well, that's really the only other, other than stagecoach, Milner and Pittsburgh. That west of Steamboat is the only area where you could have urban density. Exactly. And but remember, it's an annexation thing, so it's out there with by the way, anyway. Well, no, they didn't have I mean, we were dang close. If this would have failed, I think the county would have been in the subdivision business out there. You think? Yeah. And if, the problem I have is that the, the nexus. If the county collected money from West of Steamboat, mm -hmm. where's the county going to spend the money in West of Steamboat? Roads. Roads, yeah. So we got that cut. Right. What other nexus do you got? The sheriff, law enforcement. Right, fire protection. Yeah. So really, kind of what you're saying, this already is in place. The answer to the question, the developer will be responsible for that, so yes. Except that somehow we should discern between developers, big ones, and the two house guy. Or five. Or five house guy. The five house guy. That's a Although, There's a personality in there too, right? When you factor in the, like, the tiny houses. Is that a five house? Six. The six, six house guy. <laughs> I mean, for every dollar that you put on the developer's shoulder, that gets passed on to the homeowner, ultimately. And if one of the things that we're looking at is affordability, <coughs> that impacts that, right? The more fees that ultimately get passed on to the consumer, yeah, but by the same token, Jeff, you can't have a fire department that works for free. That's true, but I also don't think the intent of these fees is to fund the fire department. 
No, the, the big picture intent is to offset the additional costs that will be incurred as a result of the development. Well, and I think the state piece in there is talking about proportionality. I mean, do the six people in their tiny houses have an impact on fire? Yes. How much? Calculate. Yeah. How do you calculate this. that? Yeah. You know? And, you know, are they going to have less impact than if there were six huge houses? Probably. But, you know, when they talk about proportionality, I'm not sure how they figure that out. Seems like kind of Kentucky windage. Oh, well, oh. small. So. There's right planning people. They'll figure that out for you. Oh, okay, yeah. They're selling magic eight balls at Walmart. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. Thanks. Good discussion. Well, don't forget your to do list so you can answer Mr. Price's question. Mm -hmm. okay. He's got, got the notes. Got it. It's right there. He's been taking copious notes I've been watching. Okay. Do we have an administrator's report? Uh, we do. Do you have that? Yep. Um, so next week before the Board of County Commissioners is the follow-up discussions you all had last time for the tiny homes, oh, yeah. tiny homes, along with the follow-up discussion based on your recommendations for a, recre a recreational facility standards and for residential treatment standards, which we should probably consider changing the name based on um, Steve's comments. Yeah. Residential care. That would be good. Thank you. <laughs> I plan to make that uh, recommendation for you. Um, good. The next, the next planning commission is scheduled for October 3rd. Um, Alan has an item on mm. for a utility easement vacation at Alpine Mountain Ranch. So this is for the lots that they moved. They only requested moving the lots. They didn't request vacation of the easements. So, and they actually wanted that as well. So they're coming back for vacation of the utility easements. That can't be administrative? No. Gee. Because they were dedicated yeah. to the public right. and accepted by the board, so the board's the only one that can release them. And then a follow-up to tonight's discussion will be scheduled with the Board of County Commissioners on October 8th. So as those happen, we will provide you those updates. And then on October 17th, we have the Carpenter Ranch scheduled for a permit review of their conditional use permit, as well as a requested amendment, possible amendment of their permit. Um, so Back up, the 8th is the BCC discussion. Yes, that's the follow-up to tonight's discussion. Right. So look at the BCC on yep. October 8th. Yep, okay. Right. Uh, the next planning commission is the 17th, October 17th. And we... Only no, it's the 3rd. Oh, going by the next one after the eighth. Yeah, okay, fine. Sorry, Carpenter Ranch. Carpenter Ranch. Um, so that is the only item scheduled for that night. Um, we anticipate that being a lengthy discussion. Um, and I think that's it. 
We do have um, the follow-up discussion and adoption meetings for rec facilities and for residential care facilities. Thank you. Scheduled for November 7th. And Pearl Harbor Day. You know that. What was that? It's Pearl Harbor Day. No, no, it's no that's December. 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 Oh, I thought you said December. See, I wrote already December 7th. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> I believe that is all we have. Are we done? We're adjourned. We are. So, Christy, I have yeah. a question. I, all the roads within state yeah. were dedicated to the public when they recorded those plots. They are all <coughs> dedicated. There's actually it's it's actually strange language. Um, they are public right-of-ways. Privately maintained. Privately maintained. Privately maintained. But um, there is unique language on the plats. Um, <laughs> I, I can get you what that exactly is. But as far as maintenance concerns, Alan is correct. I mean, it, it's very strange uh, which subdivisions are privately maintained. And the county does have some obligations out there. But, but my question really went to... Uh, the public, yeah, um, legally traversing and winding around yes. all of those platted roads. They, yes, yep. even though they have signs, is that what you're getting at? Well, no, I mean they, uh, they have signs up. Spolo yeah. had put signs up stating well, that. Um, but um, I, I guess this came up within real estate. That's why I want to be very careful. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> But the that's good. Yeah. What standard you need to build it up to those rows depending on the situation is literally case by case and they generally